0: The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com There's a lighthouse on the hillside that overlooks life's sea When I'm tall out a light that I might see, and the light that shines in darkness now will safely lead us soul if it wasn't for the lighthouse. The title of the message this morning is the truceless war. The truce war. I'll read the passage and speak a little bit about it. Hopefully we'll walk away here with something encouraging, enlightening. I've never done this before, though I have preached on this passage uh, some six times in the last 37 years. Six different messages. Uh, you say, how can you get six different messages? I say, well, the, the, the content's basically the same. But it's like uh, the way you go at it. I mean, you know, you can have six different handles on the same cup. It's the same cup. Hopefully it will give you a handle to take home on. In uh, Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18, it's what I call one of those classical passages of Scripture. That is, if you would take 100 people and have them read through the Bible, they they would stop, have them read through the Bible a few times. They would stop in certain places and say, "That is just a good place. That's just a special place for me." One of them would have to be John three sixteen. Almost all of the hundred people would say John three sixteen means something special to me. Or one of them would be Ephesians two eight nine. That, 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 would, that would just be no matter if you if it took a thousand people, it would have, not all of them would, but the vast majority of them would say oh, Ephesians two eight nine. That's that's, that's something that rings my bell. And they would stop here to, at Ephesians chapter six. Uh, verses 10 through 18, they say, wow, that passage is special. That's what we call classical. Classical literature is, is simply identified by its popularity through the centuries in some cases, and even in some cases through the millennium. It's still read by people. In fact, if you write anything that people read outside of your generation, you've done some pretty, that's pretty astounding, really. If you've written anything that people want to read other than just a generation, contemporary generation you live in, and they want to read it down the road hundred years, and it still means something to them, like, like the book by John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress. I mean, people read that, and it's still a fabulous book, fabulous book. And, and so many of the class, what we call the classics. Well, this is a classic passage. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you. You should be able to quench the, all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Father, come now as we dwell on this, this passage, this uh, spoken and the Bible says, "Forever settle in heaven." This is just not just words; these are words forever settled in heaven, spoken and given to us by you. Pray that it would do its work today. That you'd break down through every wall, every barrier. That you would hinder the evil one, bind the strong man. He may not have; he has no business being in here, and he has no business influencing anyone here today. May your Holy Spirit come, fill everyone. Give us wisdom from heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. As I told you before, I preached on this some six times in 37 years. The Truthless War title, as I was reading in a book called Spiritual Leadership. Now, if you haven't read the book, Spiritual Leadership, you need to. Uh, it's by uh, Sanders, Oswald, I think, Sanders, and he, it's, a, it's a classical book. Uh, Don Sisk, which was the head of uh, BIMI, a Missionary Agency, for over 30-plus years. This is his number one recommended book beside the Bible. Now, any time an old boy like that says something, my ears perk up. If you've got any kind of wisdom, you're going to say, I'm going to go buy that on Amazon.com. You can buy it for 2 $3 used, uh, and I'm going to read that. And when you read it, you'll go, oh, now I know why he said that. It'll speak to you. Well, there was a sentence in there that got me that we're in a truceless war. And we are in a war. Some of you just entered into the war. You just received Christ your Savior. And the war is just cranking up. I've had people tell me after they were saved a year, I was better off before I got saved. Makes sense to me. Makes perfect sense to me. Because before you got saved, you were not an enemy of the evil one. But after you got saved, you became an enemy of the evil one. When you became an enemy of the evil one, uh, uh, he put a target on you. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in and fills you, and the devil puts a target on your back. And from that point on, you become an object to be defeated and, and to be humiliated and to be made and rendered ineffective. And so some of you are just entering into the war. Some have been recently finding out that you're in this war because you have sensed some skirmishes. Others have been in and are in an all-out wild battle for their spiritual lives this morning. Some of you have been in a battle, and spiritual battle, and been defeated horribly, and you have scars to prove it. Others in this room have been challenged. They applied this passage this morning to their lives when it happened, and they won the battle. And because of that, they have developed some spiritual calluses and a little bit bigger spiritual muscles than they had before the skirmish that they went in. Uh, No one in here gets out of this life without a war. He's not saying, well, some of you wrestle against flesh. It says all of us. The idea is we're all going to do it. There's none of you exempted from this war. You can't opt out of the spiritual war once you've trusted Christ as your savior especially and become dangerous to the cause of the evil one uh, you are an object and and God lets it go on because you're strengthened by the battle at least what 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 one thing for sure happens you learn a lot by the battle you learn where you didn't do well on the one battle that you lost so the next time you get up shake yourself Uh, brush yourself off, shake yourself, and do better the next time. The righteous falleth seven times and riseth up again. You people out there, the first time somebody stumbles, you write them off. God, have mercy on your soul. James says, for we all stumble in many ways. Okay, you don't sin like that person does, but I'll guarantee you sin in another way. And your sin's no prettier than that sin. Oh, some people's sins are hidden and inside. Some of you just think bad things. Some of you do bad things. And one or the other, either one's horrible. Any sin against God is vile and wrong. Well, let's look at this passage. In verse 10, I'm going to give you six you needs. Because I think in this passage there's six things that God points out to us that we need as Christians. First of all, you need, in verse 10, power. You need power. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. How is that? And in the power of his might. You'll not make it without God. You will fail. Your determination will fail. Your abilities will fail. Your skill will fail. Your endurance will fail. Some of you are... are, are, are old goat stubborn. But that doesn't mean you're going to beat, you cannot beat the wiles of the devil on old goat stubbornness. Some of you marvelous, have marvelous willpower, but you'll not be able to overcome the evil one with your willpower. Satan takes no prisoners in his war. My dad fought on Saipan, Tinian, got credit for Okinawa and went on to one island, and then when they took the island, uh, they, when they became, when they went, it was the fourth wave of the Marines on, on Saipan, and they told the Marines in their briefing before they went on there, we take no prisoners. We take no prisoners. Kill everybody. And, and everybody was in front of them, they killed. Any, if person put their hand up to surrender, they shot them. Because they had no room to put them, they had no place to put them, they had no way to deal with them, and they said, just kill everybody. And so that's the war, that's the uh, exact war that you're in as a spiritual person, as a believer this morning. Satan's done taking prisoners. Put your hand up and try to make peace with him. It's not going to work. Because he, he, once, you, once, you, once you got birthed by Jesus Christ through the shed blood of, uh, and the resurrection and you, get, you were born into the family of God, you become his mortal enemy and an insult to his very presence. Satan takes no prisoners. He gives no ground. Once he gets ground in your life, he gives no ground without you taking it back through the power of God. Remember, you need power. Uh, uh, The saint doesn't get discouraged in this war. He doesn't quit. Oh, he'll leave you for a little while, and you'll think, oh, he's gone. He'll come back. He'll come back in a more opportune time. Uh, He just keeps coming, keeps pushing. Keeps prying, keeps attacking. But by the by the grace of God, we have the power of God. How are we going to make it? Through not ourselves. The first thing you learn as a Christian is this is not fought in the weapons of my warfare. This is fought with the weapons of his warfare, God's warfare that he gives me. I need the power of God. Over and over in Scripture, it's mentioned. Jesus told the Pharisees he "says Sadducees, you do err knowing not the Scriptures nor the power of God. And I preached on that a few weeks ago. Man, you need to know the Scriptures and you need to have the power of God to make this thing. Both of them. You need both of them. In 1 Corinthians 1.18 it says, For the preaching of the cross is them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. In 1 Corinthians 2.5, it says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In 1 Peter 1, 1.5, it says, "Who are kept by the power of God through faith in the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You have the power of God in your life this morning? You have it? You need it to make it. And secondly, you need protection. Look in verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God, That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Interesting word, wiles. Means trickery, something clever, something completely from left field. Something unexpected. The evil one's going to come at you from an angle that you didn't anticipate. You're not going to be able to sit down and say, okay, he's going to come this way, this way, this way. He's going to come back here. He'll come through people. Uh, he'll come in avenues that you you cannot outsmart him. It's the very wiles, the trickery, or the cleverness, the unexpected of the devil. You cannot stand against him alone. If any one of us sat down at a table with the devil, he'd outsmart you, outwit you, and you'd be on his side before the meeting was over. Unless you had the power of God. Are you with me? Unless you had the power of God. Because if we put on the whole armor of God, this says that we can stand against the wildest, craziest things the devil can throw at us. We can overcome them. But you have to have outside help. That's what this says. You need, I need protection. We need the armor of God on us. Your determination your willpower, your ideas, your strength alone won't do it. You have to have the whole armor, not part of the armor. I see people a lot of times in Christian life trying to live uh, the Christian life, but not putting on the whole armor. They say, well, I don't need to read the Bible. I can get by without reading the Bible. You don't have the whole armor of God. And you're going to get cut down. Thirdly, in verse 12, you need information. How important is Information. Well, in in military terms, reconnaissance and information and what they call intelligence is simply the difference between winning or losing a war. In fact, I've read books on warfare, and they say what you know about your enemy may be the very... It's not so much how much force you have or how many troops you have or what your morale even is. It's how much do you know about the enemy and how can you find out what his weaknesses are and where should you hit him? That is... Simply, the most important thing about war is information. And it's as true as spiritual war. In verse 12, look. Information. God is giving us, in verse 12, information we would not have. have He He has gone behind the lines. He has infiltrated the evil one. He, He knows what we need. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle. Can you feel it? Can you feel the war? You want to come to church. Can you feel it? You want to read your Bible through in a year. Ooh, I will guarantee you, you put your name up on that board back there. You're going to have some resistance. You're going to have some wrestling. Now, uh, in sp- I did all kinds of sports. I played eight years of baseball. I played about five years of football. I ran track for four or five years. Uh, but I never wrestled. Now they wanted to get me into wrestling. They asked me to go into wrestling. Uh, they, uh, but I just do not want a hug, to hug in close proximity another sweaty boy. Had girls been it would have been boy-girl wrestling thing, I'd have been the first guy in line. But I would not do it with another boy. No. Huh? I couldn't even imagine grabbing some other old sweaty boy and and, and being three minutes or so. Trying to, you know, no, no, the whole thought's bad. Wrestling is is but, but more than that. wrestling's strenuous, strenuous. Some of the boys in high school used to wrestle. They used to like, they would be out there drinking water with a teaspoon. Some of you know about this. They'd have to get stay in their weight class. To stay in their weight class, they couldn't lose muscle. They had to just lose water. So they would just. Quit drinking water except for like through a little tea, you know, a little teaspoon of water or so often, because they'd have to have like 142 pounds. If they got 143 pounds, they were disqualified, so they'd be 142 pounds by losing water, but so they'd wrestle. That was just miserable. That just seemed crazy to me. And it hurt my feelings when I read this scripture. But we wrestle. I don't want to. I don't want to wrestle. But God says, I'm sorry, but you don't get any choice here. The devil is going to wrestle you. It's going to be close combat, close in physical, and in this case, spiritual combat, but likened and paralleled with physical wrestling. Hmm. I don't want to get that close to him. This is our area of contest." It's between good and evil. One save as you get that target on your back and you get on the devil's hit list. Uh, yeah. Why? Uh, uh, being around the devil's as bad as being around the Clintons. Almost as fatal. Our war, oh it's political season, you know that. I mean. Our war is spiritual, though. It's spiritual war. It, it, the authorities are not, not in low little little local government places. He said the authority of the spiritual war you're fighting is in high places. Uh, it's a power struggle. Nothing can be taken lightly unless you uh because the, the goal of the evil one is to pin you. Remember, we're wrestling, right? Can you? United States in the Olympics, uh, our big old uh, country farm girl beat the world's champion, he- was it heavyweight wrestling, I think? And this girl beat this other girl that had like dominated a sport and never like been beaten. And our old American corn fed farm girl, our old corn fed farm girl took her down, and the Jap- it was a Japanese girl, if I remember right, and she went off the stage crying. I wouldn't blame her. I mean, you lose. It's a big deal. And, and our, our old farm girl won. Wow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't want to be married to that girl. I'm afraid. I'm a wrestling man you get neutralized. That's what the, what's, the, what's the devil's plan for you this morning? Neutralize you. He can't send you to hell. You don't have that authority. You don't have that power. You're born again, Christian. You're, you've been born from heaven. The Holy Spirit's come in and sealed you under the day of redemption. The Bible says sealed under the day of redemption. And let me tell you what, God seals, nobody can unseal. What God births, nobody can unbirth. And you've been sealed by God, you've been birthed by God, you have this confidence that you are looking for the day of His coming, and you feel Him in you, you have testimony, of the Spirit within you testifies to your spirit that you're His. You know you're a child of God. This thing's goal is not to not make you a child, but His goal is to neutralize you through causing you to sin and give into your lusts and give into your flesh to where you have no testimony left among the world and you've grieved the Holy Spirit in you to the place He's not able to, to implement His fruit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, and He can't make that happen in you because you're so fleshy and so, in the, so in, in, in involved in the, in the works of the flesh. It's grieved the Holy Spirit. It's quenched the Holy Spirit. It's unempowered the Holy Spirit, and you're not a threat to the evil one at all. In fact, in some ways... You promote his cause. People say, oh, yeah, them hypocrites. How many of you heard this? All oh, them Christian, bun hypocrites. They don't, mean, they, don't, they don't really mean any of that. Where would that come from? The devil in the war pinned them, neutralized them, ruined their testimony, encouraged them to ruin their testimony, and consequently whose testimony does it really ruin? It Christ's testimony. That's what it, it does. You need spiritual power, verse 10. You need supernatural protection, verse 11. You need special information, reconnaissance, and you have it in verse 12. In verse 13, I like this, you need reminding. You need reminding. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. I thought he just said that. He did, didn't he? Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all the stand. Why in the world repeat it? Well, all you women know why. Because we men are thick-headed, hard-headed, and we don't remember the first time. I ask my wife all the time, remind me to do this, remind me to do that, remind me to do this, remind me to do this, please remind me to do this. And when we got, first got married, I says, Let's remind, me, remind me to do the good things in life. Remind me to do good things. Read the Bible, pray, you know. Don't, don't let me go by without doing that. Now, I'll give you, I gave my wife permission to nag me to do good things. I did not give her permission to nag me about the rest of the stuff. But I did for sure say, please help me to do the right things. Um, we get busy with life, don't we? We get busy in the now and now. We get busy in the today. We get busy in the, in the, in the, uh, the, 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 the you girls, the laundry, the dishes, the, the house of the kids, this homeschooling and all that. And pretty soon, I find, here's what I find, homeschool mobs. I'm going to pick on you just a little bit. Homeschool mobs don't read their Bible. God have mercy. You're home all day. I know what you're going to say, but I ain't home loafing. No, you're not home loafing, but by the grace of God, make time to read your Bible. My wife's work 40, 50-hour weeks and always reads her Bible through. Always reads her Bible through. She still goes home, does the dishes, does the laundry, cleans the house, sweeps, waxes my truck. Believe that? Everything but the wax in the truck part. We need reminder. I need reminder. I need reminder. That's why he did it again in this verse. He did it again, didn't he? He told you, put on the whole armor of God just a few verses down. I said, put on the whole armor of God. <laughs> I need it again. Put the whole armor of God on. That's what he's doing. Put it on. You're in trouble if you don't. By the way, in that passage, in that passage, interesting, there's two words he uses, having to know to withstand and then to stand. Those are two different Greek words. The word withstand has to do with taking an aggressive stance against evil, to, being, to getting into its area and making a difference. To, to, to hurting the cause of evil. that's what the word withstand means and then it says have you after you've been out there after you've been out there making a difference in the and in, you, you've hurt the causes of evil you, you, you're in the neighborhoods asking people to be saved. you're going door to door, you're passing gospel tracts out, you're telling Jesus save, you're making a difference out there in the world. you're trying to help folks to come to Christ that's hurting the evil one. Then it says after you've done that then stand. Now the word stand means to have a consistent position. To have a consistent position. In other words, you you be solid in your position and then get aggressive in your position, but don't get aggressive without being solid. Interesting how God helps us to remind us. Number five, you need explanation in detail. Look in verses 14 through 17. Not only does he tell us in generalities, okay, I need you to do these things, but now I'm going to give you some details. I'm going to give you the one-to-one, point-by-point, what I mean by the whole armor of God. He says, Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you should be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. And then you have the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, in the Strand Bible, which I put in the bulletin on purpose this week, because I was going to refer to it, which is the Bible I read right now. I'm reading through the Strand Bible. I highly recommend you get it. It's a good Bible. It's recommended by Ron Comfort, evangelist Ron Comfort. He, he's the one that told me about it. I got it. Fabulous book. Tremendous reading and encouragement to you. You get it. Well, in that, he says this. To have your loins girt about with truth truth must possess us. To wear the breastplate of righteousness, we must want what is right. To shod our feet, we must be willing to become a witness. To apply the shield of faith, we must give God the last say in our lives. To wear the helmet of salvation, we must be assured of our salvation. To take the sword of the Spirit, we must be a student of the Word. Number six, we need perseverance. Look in verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching whereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. What is prayer? What is prayer? It's interesting that after he gives us all this information very specific from 14 to 17, in verse 18, he ends it with maybe the biggest piece of all. Prayer. With all prayer. What is prayer? It's communication. What is the secret to a happy marriage? All you men said? Communication. All you married men said? We're going to do this. we are got to go home. All you married men said, communication. Women need intimate communication. They need it. a stirring. And you remember saying, oh, that I had that. Women need intimate, intimate, tender, real sharing, communication. Man, we don't like it, but we got to do it. It's important. They need it. And I'm going to tell you, prayer tells you and tells me That God wants to talk to us. That's sweet. God wants to talk to me. God wants me to talk to him. And then God wants to talk to me. God talks to me through the Bible. I talk to God in prayer. God wants me to talk to him. He cares about what I have to say. He even, I mean, what a tremendous privilege. But but let's go in, let's look at it from the military standpoint because this is a this is no doubt a military passage, with parallel to the military with a war. Prayer is communication. Communication is absolutely necessary for final victory. Prayer is a communication with our commander-in-chief. Communication from the soldiers in the front lines back to their commander-in-chief is called control and command. It is In any military book you want to read, in any war book you want to read, you have to have communication. You have to have control and command from the general to the troops or from the field commander to the troops. You have, and the first thing we did over with Saddam Hussein years ago was we took our missiles and took out their control and command. We took out their communication towers, we took out their electrical plants. We took out all their ability there. We took out their cell phone towers. We took out all their ability to talk to each other because as soon as you cut the communication, you create confusion. And confusion is a great atmosphere to beat your enemy. Think about your marriage. Quit talking. Communication has gone. The devil comes in and starts poisoning one, poisoning the other. Lack of communication, lack of healing, lack of ability to to be united together in the same purpose. And one go one way, one go the other. And you're, you're setting yourself up for the evil one to come in and defeat you. Men, as the head of the house, you're responsible to keep the communication good. It should be good between you and your wife, but how much more should it be good between me and my savior? That's why prayer shouldn't be forced. Prayer think I would. If I went to my wife and I said, Kathy, I need to talk to you. And she said, Oh, not again. You gonna talk to me again? Can we just skip that? Has that ever happened to you? Sitting in the front is dangerous, brother. But I mean, wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that hurt your feelings, brother? Even as a man who doesn't want to talk too much, that would hurt my feelings. I said, well, whoa, wait a minute. Women, this ain't a bad tool, by the way. If a man thinks you want to talk and want to talk and want to talk, he probably don't want to talk. But if he thinks you don't want to talk to him, he probably going to want to talk to you. And so, you know, we go to God and we say, oh, God. Now I lay me down to sleep. Now I pray my soul to keep. Thank you. And the devil goes, "Ooh, I got you! I got you! I got you! You're not in any communication with your commander in chief. He's the one that's going to help you. And, and 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 you need to be in you need to be in communication with your commander in chief and know what he wants you to do, and ask you and and get to get to." Get the fresh filling of His Spirit. And so that you can have the joy of the Lord which is your strength. And you can be revitalized to walk in newness of life. And have the power of God. Wow. You need, in verse 10, you need God's power. You need God's protection, verse 11. You need God's information, verse 12. You need God's reminding, verse 13. You need God's explanation in verse 14 through 17. And you need perseverance in prayer and communication with God in verse 18. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of Will you be able to stand? Have you been standing? You say, Brother Bill, I've been defeated as a Christian. I'm discouraged about reading my Bible. I'm discouraged about coming to church. I'm discouraged about telling anybody about you. I haven't shared the gospel with anybody in the last year. Maybe two years, maybe three years. I'm not a good testimony for being a Christian. I really don't care if my neighbors go to hell or not. I just don't seem to have any concern. I'm just, I am just—I know I'm saved, but I'm Why, Man, oh man, this is an impetus for you. Come to God. Ask Him for the armor again. Ask Him to get into the war. Because you need Him if you're going to make it and make a difference for Christ. You say, do I care? You will. You will. Your marriages are at stake. Your grandchildren are at stake. Your children's children are at stake that you live for God. You say, anybody looking at you? Are you kidding me? Everybody's looking at you. Everybody's looking. Everybody's looking. You say people don't care about me. Oh yes, they do. Yeah, the first time—if you don't believe that—the first time you do something crazy, it'll be—it'll go everywhere. But if you started giving testimony, that old boy reads his Bible every year. That old boy's passing tracts out. That old boy's doing the right thing. That old boy's at church every time there's room. That old boy's giving his life. Woo! Put on the whole armor of God. Put it on every morning. Go through the list. Say, God, give it to me. Father, help us this morning. In the name above every name, to put on the whole armor of God. May the Spirit of God explain this. May it encourage us to do it. May Father, oh, my Father, in this war that we're in, and as the battle rages around us, and it is raging, and as the, as the days around us maybe even grow darker, may we shine brighter than we've ever shown before. As days get Darker, we have more opportunity to shine. Where sin abounded, the Bible said, grace did much more abound. Sin's darkness. And so where darkness abounded, light abounded more. Help us to be better Christians. Whatever happens, help us to put on the whole armor of God. Every day. And with all prayer and supplication, and with all perseverance. Not quitting, not giving up, because the answer didn't come the first day you started. But making a covenant with God, I'm praying for this, for the good things of God, till I die. God will come, and He'll give it to you. Father, we pray that You'd build some soldiers this morning. That You'd help some marriages to be saved this morning. That you'd help the devil to be thwarted this morning. You help the powers of darkness to be damaged this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Name. If you would like to know more about Jesus and a subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.